Hi, I'm Abby Gibb, and welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast, a Soulfire production. This is an investigation and honoring of who we get to become in the process of embodying our dreams. If you're a rule breaker, paradigm shifter, and movement maker of today, then this leadership podcast is for you. It's time to finally take up more room on the page of your life. Welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast. Hello, my love. All right, I got a question asked of me last week that I think pertains to all of us. Somebody said, what do I do when I feel torn between being content and striving? And my answer, you're afraid to be happy. (laughs) There, I said it. I want to talk today about the five ways. There's more, but at least five ways that all of us, me included, have been holding ourselves back from lasting and true happiness. And why we've just been giving ourselves this mind fuck that we have to choose between success or striving for success and being content and being happy because that is just, it's bullshit. And when I got down to it, I realized, holy fuck, I am afraid of being happy and I'm done being afraid of being happy. And I wanted to dissect that for myself first and foremost. So I journaled this out and then I was like, this is a really good episode. I should just offer this one up. So that's what we're going to do today. And by the way, before we get started, I just launched a new three hour power packed workshop. Okay. All around how to craft your signature story and share it with the world. And now it's recorded. It's there for you to go through just three hours. And you're going to figure out exactly what your core message is in this world and how to effectively share it. Yeah, because if you want people to literally buy into your message, buy into your words and take action and make the impact that you want, you first have to know how to sell it. So if you feel like you have so many stories to share, but you just have no idea where to even freaking start with telling your story. And every time you're invited to speak like on another podcast or in an event or on an Instagram live, it takes you like three days to craft 20 minutes then this course is for you. I want to give you the exact five-step formula to crafting your core message. This is the exact same shit that the big fancy people that you see, like Brene Brown, Mel Robbins. This is exactly what they do. They're not, I mean, of course their messages are beautiful, but the formula is the exact same. Okay. Also, when you craft, when you can figure out exactly what your core message is, you're going to stand so much farther above the rest. You're going to be able to pop above the radar because it's how most entrepreneurs are leaving thousands on the table. They're not connecting truly and deeply with their audiences because they're afraid to be seen because they haven't done the inner work to see what their core message is. I want to teach you how to speak directly to your client's heart. And because, you know, it can get tricky and we're tired and we just need some Quick wins. Sometimes I'm also going to give you storytelling prompts that make sharing a no brainer in the future. It's like Mad Libs. You're going to like pick one thing, fill in a little bit of your story, and then you're going to pick another part of the prompt, fill in the story. Boom. Done. There you go. What's crazy is you're going to see that all the people that you admire are doing the same shit. (laughs) So like, don't make it harder on yourself than it needs to be. And don't think that everybody else has it figured out, but you, they just have this very basic formula and it works. So I want to help you. Link is in my bio. And of course, also on my Instagram page. 
All right. So now to the episode, we all say that we want to be happy, me included. And if I'm being honest, I've chosen a lot of other things in the past than being happy when given the chance. Why is it that you and I think that we have to choose between being content and striving? Why is it that we're actually afraid to be happy? And I'm fucking over it. Are you over it? Because to live a full body, fuck yes life, it means that we are in choice. We are in agency and we are choosing happiness. A full body, fuck yes. So why, if I'm being honest, have I in the past chosen a lot of other things, deferred my happiness for success, for instance, but a couple of other things? And why maybe are you doing that as well? The discussion I want to have with you today is based off of a short essay that I read recently to my academy students from the writer Brianna Weist in her book, which I saw on Instagram. Tons of people were like, oh my God, this is my favorite book. This book has really helped me. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, whatever. It kind of looks a little, I don't know. I judged it. I ju- I'm going to be the first. I judged it. I thought it wasn't going to have a lot of depth. Nope. This book, Brianna Weiss's book, it's called 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think. Well, motherfucker, it did. It did change the way I think. (laughs) And it was like a Narnia door, like a little opening into a whole other world to finally face the fact that I say that I want to be happy, but I haven't been actively choosing it, that I defer my happiness for so many other things. Right? So she says this part right off the top. And by the way, I love this book because if you have ADD, like me, I literally just like, (laughs) I just hopped in there with one more thought. If you have ADD like I do, then it's really helpful because I have a difficult time reading an entire book in one sitting. I definitely have like five books that I'm a third or a halfway through. If you're like, oh, wow, me too. Cool. Then yeah, you're not alone. Cause all these entrepreneurs are like, Oh, I read a book a day or some shit. I'm like, that's cool. Uh, my brain doesn't work that way. I love this book because these essays are quite literally that right. Their essays are super short. You can pick one thing up. It fucking blows my mind. I can journal on it for like three days. And I feel like, wow, I've really thought about something. I've accomplished something. I've read something that I really love, um, without that shame story that I can't finish books small little ADD tangent there, but here you go. All right. So she says this line that hit me really hard. There are many reasons people thwart the feeling of happiness, but a lot of them have to do with assuming it means giving up on achieving more. Nobody wants to believe happiness is a choice because that puts responsibility in their hands. Holy fuck balls. Did you just go, well, shit abs. That's, that's some truth. Ain't that the shit right there, right? At least for me, I'm gonna be honest. This episode is very much a learn with me episode because I am actively working on this today. I have definitely assumed that feeling happy means that I'm giving up on achieving more, that I'm settling, that I'm playing small. But what if, if today isn't already enough, then what the fuck are we doing? If we're really committed genuinely to living a full body fuck yes life and saying fuck no to everything that doesn't 
Marie Kondo spark joy in our lives. Then what the fuck are we talking about? Why am I deferring my happiness? Why am I assuming that when I'm happy, when I'm content, when I'm fulfilled, when I'm quiet, when I'm nutritive, when I'm loved, when I'm safe, that's not enough. That I'm somehow settling. That I'm somehow playing small. Where the fuck did I pick that up and when am I finally going to put it down? Because it's a choice. It's a story that I'm telling myself. And I'm, I'm fucking over it. Gay Hendricks has this concept called the upper limit, right? Uh, everybody has a happiness tolerance. And I discovered that for a very long time, I have learned and lived through pain, through striving, through suffering. That's how I felt most comfortable. And when I felt happy, my, what, what Gay says, the, the upper limit, uh, my version of that would be, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I didn't actually believe that this was real or that I was worthy of it or that it could be sustained. And the reason that we don't allow these shifts to become our norm, our reality, right? The reason that we create these upper limits is because as soon as our circumstances extend beyond the amount of happiness we're accustomed to and comfortable with, we unconsciously begin to self-sabotage. Absolutely, that is true. When I first met my partner, Aaron, I absolutely had prayed (laughs) and worked on and cried about and journaled to bring this kind of relationship into my life. But wouldn't you fucking know it within a month, I was self-sabotaging it. I sabotaged it in a quite a few very deep and substantial ways in the beginning. God bless that man. He called me out on it consistently and was like, what's going on? We're not going to just sweep this shit under the rug. And if you're committed to building a deeper relationship, part of that is calling you out on your shit. You got to face it and you got to change it. Are you willing to do that? And I was like, motherfucker, this is literally what I asked for, but I didn't, I, I have to do the work. Don't I, I have to tell myself that I'm safe and worthy of being happy because for more than a decade, you know, my story more than a decade, I had learned through such pain and such struggle physical and emotional, mental and spiritual that I had created my own baseline, my own upper limit of what I was going to allow into my life. I want to ask you before we get into this even more, where's your baseline? Think about some moments in the last, even just in the last 24 hours or the last week in your personal life, in your business, in your professional life, where you have felt that too good to be true. Where's the other shoe going to drop? It's nice for now, but I'm sure it'll change. If you want, if you're home, if you're not out and about right now in your home, pause this episode, take a second and just 
reflect on that and then come back to this, to this episode. But like, for sure, for real, like write this shit down. Think about where were you? It's happened for sure this week. I am positive that you have done this at some point. You have sat there and said, who am I? Another version of that for me, another upper limit was my money story. And, you know, sometimes I hate the whole like manifest millions. You know, I, I hate that shit. But my money, but a money story is a real thing. My money story used to be when I was starting the business because I had come from a world and a story and an upper limit of how much money I could create, how much money I had seen my family make, what money meant, right? Making a ton of money meant that you were selling out. My parents had come from the nonprofit sector. So the story that I told myself was that uh, you have to sell yourself, right? You can't have a meaningful, spiritual, deep life and ask for a lot of money that it's superficial. So I literally pushed it away, even subconsciously. And when I made money before I started my business, I self-sabotaged it. I spent it. I gave it away. I didn't pay down debts or invest in myself. I gave it, I just gave it away. Consistently telling the energy of money that it wasn't safe with me, that I wasn't worthy of it. Yeah. And then when I started my business and I started to see these Stripe payments come in, in amounts that I had never in my life seen, even at that time, I remember the first time I made $2,000 in one session, (laughs) made me want to piss myself. And I saw this Stripe payment come in and it said two, I had never seen $2,000 in one payment. Fucking blew my mind. And I felt really uncomfortable and I didn't look at my bank account for a couple of days. It scared me, viscerally scared me to see that number. And then I remember the first uh, client who paid me in full and thanked me for selling to her. I tell this story all the time. Christina Rice, who has been on this podcast. She paid me $10,000 in full and thanked me for selling to her. And I watched that Stripe payment come in. And I felt horribly uncomfortable. I mean, I thought, isn't this nice? It will never happen again. It couldn't possibly be this easy. It couldn't possibly be this easy. There was a time five years before that, that I had practically walked on burning coals to get someone to invest $10,000 in my business from my production studio. $10,000 was just, and it is, I'm not, I'm not saying that $10,000 isn't a lot of money, but my upper limit said $10,000 was massive, everything. And here I was a couple years later making $10,000 in a day. And I realized that in that moment, Not only was, of course, what we hear about a lot about like entrepreneurship, like, oh, everything is possible. No, I realized that I needed to shift the way that I related to money. That I had created an upper limit on the joy, embodiment, and ease of accepting money, being safe with the energy of money. And so I created a prayer. And every time I opened my Chase app or the Stripe app and I saw the money, 
I blessed it. I quite literally freaking put my phone on a table and I put my hands over that phone and I said, thank you so much for coming into my life. I am worthy of this. I am safe with this. You can be trusted to come into my life. I will invest in myself and others. I will give and receive this easily. And I said that shit every time a payment came in for a year. And every time I did it, (laughs) I would feel uncomfortable, really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. And finally, it started to lessen and lessen until it just felt like, of course, of course. And I really want you to pause for a second, not of course, because I'm boastful and cocky, but try this on with me. Of course, because I am of the course. Of course, this is coming because of course I am giving. Of course, this is easeful. Because of course, I am easeful. I am of the very course I am meant to be on in my life. So of course, this is here. Of course. Of course. And I say that to myself now. So that I don't self-sabotage. So I don't go immediately out and spend it or say I'm not worthy. And know that this is all available to me. And it's taken a year of consistently working just on that part of my upper limit of happiness. There are so many pieces to work on. And I just want to focus on like five. Essentially like soul activations, let's say soul journal prompts you can work on. To start looking at where you are self-sabotaging, where you're afraid to be happy and the ways that you and I both have been holding ourselves back from the thing we say we really want, which is why you come to these podcast episodes. You want a full body fuck yes life, but do you actually believe you deserve it? Are you taking action today? Are you choosing? Do you realize you have choice in creating that? It is putting the onus on you and me, taking responsibility. So one of them is that I realized from this essay, thank you, Brianna Weist, that everyone has a limited tolerance for feeling good. Right? That we... When things go beyond that limit, whatever that looks like, money, love, quote, success, I use that in air quotes all the time. When we go beyond that limit, we sabotage ourselves so we can return to our comfort zone. I had to admit, first and foremost, that I was comfortable with being in pain. I was comfortable with struggling. I was comfortable because it was what I knew. It was how I knew how to relate to myself. It was my constant. So I felt safe in staying there instead of the unknown of what it would feel like to be loved and happy and safe and joyful and easeful. 
right? It's a tired cliche <laughs> of stepping outside ourselves that serves that crucial purpose. It takes people or it makes people comfortable with discomfort, which is the gateway to expanding the tolerance for happiness is what Brianna Weiss says. That's why I intuitively, nobody gave me this. I didn't buy a course on like money mindset, not to diminish that, but like, I just intuitively felt like I needed to bless this. I needed to rewrite this story consistently. Literally every time I saw a payment or every time I went into my bank account. And when I went a little deeper, I realized number two, many people, I was afraid that being happy in air quotes, that being happy equaled giving up on achieving more. What the actual fuck is that? (laughs) But I did. When given the choice for so long, I deferred happiness in the name of success, in the name of not playing small, in the name of achieving more. I said I wanted to be happy, but in that moment where I could choose to be happy, I could choose to not work on a Saturday, I could choose to hold boundaries with a friend for my own self-care. I could choose not to take on that other client. I deferred happiness in order to achieve more. I held another important belief. I wrote and kept rereading a story that suffering made me worthy. Well, fuck, right? (laughs) You're like, well, shit, Abs, I didn't know we were going to go there today. Yeah. Suffering made me worthy. Like what the gift that Christina Rice gave me in thanking me and paying in full first person ever. And then after that, it became my norm because it became my upper limit. It became something that I was willing to receive and accept. And almost everyone then and through all of my business has paid in full and thanked me (laughs) because I set that vibrational intention. I am now ready to receive that upper limit of 10 and then 15 and then 20 and then 25 and then $30,000. It took me six months to make $100,000, right? It took me the first six months of my business to make $100,000. A year later, I made $100,000 in three days. Only because I was working on this money story of being able to accept and, re- and also release this story that I had to suffer, that it had to be extremely hard for it to be worthy. That's some like, I mean, this is generational healing that we're talking about. This isn't just our parents. This is, especially if you're listening in America, this is a very big Puritan pilgrim Protestant story about work ethic that's bullshit and doesn't serve anyone. And we're watching it crumble right now in late stage capitalism. We are literally watching this ideology crumble. So when are you going to release that story that suffering makes you worthy and that you need to defer happiness? Because it's bullshit. So maybe in this moment, you're going to pause this episode, another journal prompt, 
pause this episode for a hot second and think about, and then come back to me. I'll be right here. I got my cold brew. We're cool. Pause and think about where you have been afraid recently of being happy and where you have deferred being happy to achieve more. I'll take that. I'll just take that networking call. I don't want to miss out. Right. Let me just squeeze that in there. I don't, I don't need to have dinner with my family. I can, I can work through. I don't want to take one of my clients said she felt guilty taking a walk in the sunshine in the morning with her husband because it was 9am and she quote should be at work. It can be really simple. That's the problem. It's insidious. Where are you afraid that being happy will equal giving up on achieving more? Since when is being happy not an achievement? I know. So pause and think about it for a second. All right. Welcome back. Number three. Most prefer the comfort of what we've known to the vulnerability of what we don't. I talked about this a little bit, but let's go deeper now. We have to practice feeling good, right? I had said that I realized that I was addicted to pain and to struggle because it was the known and the vulnerability of what my life could look like living in ease and joy, happiness and love was scary. So I created an upper limit and that's very real. I'm not here to shame you about that because fuck shame isn't going to help either of us. I'm not here to say like, oh, I can't believe you've been doing this. I'm just saying that how do we break this pattern? We have to fucking practice in the same way that I had to practice every single time with my money story. We have to practice feeling good. We have to be able to give our brain examples of how it's worked out. Okay. And you, you see this, I'm sure you've seen this like on Instagram, people are like, I'm working less and making more. And you're like, all right, whatever. Like, Good for you. But like for real, (laughs) if it's not a full body fuck yes, is that really success? No. And now in this season of our life, after 2020, uh uh-uh. The cost of, quote, achieving more by paying or deferring our happiness, mm mm-mm costs too much. So we have to practice. We have to practice being happy. (laughs) Right? Where are some places that you feel totally unapologetically happy? For me, here's just mine. I feel totally and unapologetically happy when I'm walking in nature. It doesn't have to be very long, but when I'm by myself, just walking in nature, when I'm with my closest girlfriends and there's no schedule or things that specifically we have to talk about or do, right? I just, I just love it. I feel so good. When I have time unstructured in my day to 
be with Aaron, go for lunch, talk to each other about anything and nothing, (laughs) play, make love. And when I look at that, what I've discovered is like, okay, so the thing that's synonymous is that I love unstructured time. But when I reverse engineer and look at my calendar, my schedule, it looks completely scheduled to the teeth. So of course, I'm not practicing feeling good. It feels really foreign to me. Which is why I now have scheduled, non-scheduled time. I'm getting there. I told you. I'm learning with you on this. Right? But like Mondays, for instance, and Fridays in my schedule cannot be scheduled. It's blocked out. (laughs) Um, I sometimes will literally write in my schedule nature walk. Because if it's there, I'll go do it. And then I'm so fucking grateful. It feels like such a self-care gift to me. I have a standing date with one of my best friends and we work out on Zoom together every Tuesday. That feels extremely nutritive to me. We get to chat about life, move our bodies, feel good. And so it's like two birds with one stone. Efficiency is also my love language. It feels very efficient. I love it. Right? I plan dates with Aaron that are just hold space, not like something structured, but I have to practice feeling good. So those moments where I have the choice of deferring happiness because I'm afraid that it will look like giving up on achieving more. I have, my brain has examples it can go back to. So what does that look like for you? And how can you start to take daily action to feel good? (laughs) It's so sad and so true, but in order to undo this type A overachiever that we are, to undo this perfection paralysis we can get in, to stop shooting all over ourselves, I should do this, I should do that, we have to practice feeling good. That's okay. I'm doing it with you. I'd love, by the way, if you're practicing feeling good, please tag me on Instagram, like whatever that looks like for you, tag me and say, hey, I'm practicing feeling good. I would love to see what your version of this is. So please, by the way, the community needs to know and get ideas. So like, let us know what is practicing feeling good look like to you. All right. This is an important one. This one comes up all the fucking time. Number four of the five ways, there's more than five, but at least five ways that we hold ourselves back from lasting happiness. Number four, there is a likability limit that people want to remain under. Woo. I worked on this one for a long time with one of my therapists. Everyone has a level of success that they perceive to be admirable, but unthreatening to others. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong that there is a likability limit that we feel comfortable remaining under. Because when we go past that, we feel like we need to dim our light or at least downplay. Oh, it's amazing that you did this. Oh, and then downplay, downplay, always. Be the good girl. Be strong, but not too much. Be assertive, but not too bossy. 
be powerful, but not too intimidating. We feel the need to dim our light so that we're still likable. And it's understandable why, as human beings, our brains have been quite literally wired over generations to not lose connections in our tribe, right? Like for literal survival, we don't want to get kicked out of our tribes because we can't fend by ourselves. A freaking lion will eat us or some shit, right? So our little sweet brains are still wired that way. So first off, have compassion that it's like that. But secondly, realize that if we, you and I do not start leading by example, how will this ever change? Right? If we don't see more humans standing up unapologetically as themselves in their light, how is anyone else going to know that it's safe to do so, that we're not going to lose those connections? That in fact, anybody who's ever done what you've already wanted to achieve will never put you down. I mean that sincerely. Every time I go after something that I was scared to do, or fully accept and receive the accolades, validation, love, whatever it is, and not downplay it. And it could be something as simple as you look beautiful today. And I can just say, thank you with no fucking story. Thank you, but no, just thank you. That's fucking powerful. That gives everyone else around us permission to do the same. You are so much more powerful than you think simply by releasing this likability limit that we all place ourselves under. And we've learned over time that it wasn't safe for us to take up space. That we were most valuable when we got as small as possible. I learned that. Right? My race to zero, trying to be a size zero, the smallest I could possibly be. I learned to stay small so I would be loved. And here I am now with the word fuck in my very podcast name. <laughs> and that's why I'm fiery. I, I, I haven't done this for very long. It feels great to take up space. And guess what? I've never felt more seen, heard, and loved in my life. And that's why I will not apologize. I will not censor myself. I will take up space because it is safe to do so. The same for you. And likability limits, they're real. They're real in our romantic relationships. Like it was definitely a difficult dynamic for me to work on with my partner about me really being an alpha female and taking up space with an alpha male. That, that, by the way, if you want me to explore that more with like a relationship psychologist or something, let me know, because that's some real shit that, that took time to navigate my friendships. I lost friends. I'm just going to tell your fear right now that you're right. You will, you will lose friends that were never meant to get more than the unhealed version of you. Yes, you will lose friends. But the ones that you gain and the ones that stay are the ones that deserve this deeper version of you. Yeah, let that sink in. And the last one 
for today of how we hold ourselves back from joy and love and happiness. People delay action once they know the truth. And that space of inaction is where suffering thrives. Those were Brianna's words. I would say that what do you know today to be true that you're not listening to? What truth do you know that you're pretending not to know today? I like to say a lot that we can lie to ourselves, but our bodies will never lie to us. Lie to yourself, but your body will never lie to you. When I was working at a marketing agency after I was in TV, it was really great for a while. And then when I knew that it was time to evolve, not for any horrible reason, it just was the season was over. Every time I went to go type, um, I would get eczema all over my fingertips. Literally every time I went to go type for the company, I would get eczema all over. Then when I went to go type for myself, the eczema, I swear hand to Bible would magically disappear. Because what I was pretending not to know was it was time to evolve. It would be like if you were in a season of winter and you had been wearing a parka and now you're about to go to Cabo and you're like, I don't know why I'm hot. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I'm just sweating. It's just, you're hot because you're meant to take the freaking parka off. (laughs) Stop pretending you don't know. Right. And so what was once a really happy and beautiful season had become really painful. And my body was telling me it was time to leave, but I was so scared of the unknown. Who, what, what does that mean? What will I do? How could I possibly start a business on my own? I'm not a, I'm not a business major. I'm a journalist. I don't fucking know how to do this. So I stayed and pretended not to know. I deferred my happiness. So where today are you delaying action in what you actually already know? And if you think, oh, you know, I feel stuck or I, I don't know what to do. I'm going to call bullshit. Because action brings clarity. And sometimes just knowing what you don't want will lead you to what you do want. So if you know this isn't it, if your body is screaming and telling you, if your periods are off, if you have migraines, if you have eczema, if you're suddenly like really irritable and just fucking hating it, that's enough reason (laughs) to not defer your happiness any longer. I think you actually know. And I'll lastly say that you deserve to be happy. And I think you're just afraid. I was. And this isn't a set it and forget it thing. This is something I consistently am working on. There are lots of places. The moment we start to investigate our upper limits, the deeper we realize we've been holding on. That's the real plain small. And if you want to live a fuck yes, full body fuck yes life, 
it takes looking at this and realizing that we have and will always have the choice and the agency to do so. And if we are not truly living a life of fuck yes, we are choosing that. I know. Fuck. (laughs) I hope this was as impactful for you as it was for me. I highly suggest getting this book, Brianna Weiss's book, 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think. Um, as you can see, it was like such a beautiful jumping off point. I'll probably do more episodes from some other pieces of this in the future from her. And I will leave you by reminding you, um, that I do have a brand new workshop helping you to finally get out of your own damn way and start sharing your course message, your core story. Don't tell me you don't know how, don't tell me that you're stuck because you do. And you can. And It took me five years to really craft this and figure it out and Google and cry and fall. And you can figure it out in just three hours. (laughs) I put it all together for you. You don't have to make this hard on yourself. You don't have to struggle in order to feel worthy. You can fast track this part. Let me help you. (laughs) The link is in my bio. And as always, I'd love to hear your insights, your biggest takeaways. Let me know. Share this episode. DM me hit me up. I love you. It is time for us to live a full body. Fuck yes life. Thanks for listening to another episode of the full body. Fuck yes. Podcast with me, Abby Gibb. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And it would mean the world if you leave a review. So others know how kick-ass these episodes are. And I'm a real person over on Instagram. So tag me in an IG story at Abby Gibb and let me know what landed in your heart the most today. Thanks again for listening.